Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And today we're talking kind of in this series a little bit to kind of celebrate the new book. We're talking about marketing, but I want to get really specific on topics within the marketing realm. And and I also, you know, you know, we've done stuff about social media before and, and we have some other things going on. But today I want to get into the weeds a little bit uh, and a little philosophical on the topic of niching down and what a niche means for record labels. Uh, this is becoming a little bit of a buzz term in many industries, not just, I mean, obviously in, in many industries, but I actually think it's really relevant to us as record labels. And I'm talking a lot of this is from chapter one of the new book we just released called Record Label Marketing Strategies. And you can get that book by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash book. And you can also grab it on Amazon as well. Here's a description of, of what I want to talk about today when it comes to niching. Um, so you have this broad audience and then you to then you have a niche. Okay. So you have this broad audience. And then to be more specific, after that, you have a niche. And then even after that, you have a sub-niche. So here's an example. Let's say you're a fitness instructor. That would be the broad audience. And let's say that you're a fitness instructor just for women. That would be the niche. And then a sub-niche, or some people call it a micro-niche, or as we are niching down, a sub-niche might be a fitness instructor for pregnant women. So as you can see, we have the broad audience, fitness instructor, then a niche, so a fitness instructor for women, but then a sub-niche, even more specific, a fitness instructor for women, but more specifically, pregnant women. The crazy thing about niching down is that you can keep going with how specific you want to get or how specialized or how narrow. Later in the episode, we're going to talk about how you can niche down by at least four layers deep uh, as a record label. But you, you can see, right? You can see that you can pick any topic, any industry, any career, and the more specific you get, the more specialized you are, the more that you stand out in the crowd. And that's kind of why today's topic falls under the marketing umbrella. You know, there's um, examples of record labels who niche down well. ATA Records, who we just had on the show recently, is all about soul and analog and funk and classic sounds of the 60s and 70s. After we did that interview with them, I got messages and comments on YouTube from some of their diehard fans. And one told me that they buy every release that they release because they love their sounds so much. You see how this specificity can really trigger an intimate connection with your audience, a sense of ownership. <clears throat> like, listen, I'm going to get really personal for a second, but I love music. That's obvious. And I love listening to music. That's obvious too. But I pretty much only listen to the prog rock band Genesis. More specifically, their catalog from the 70s and 80s, and mostly on vinyl. And earlier this year, I discovered that there are a few hundred copies of illegal live bootlegs on vinyl floating around in dingy record stores all over the world. And in the, in the past few months, I've become obsessed with... I actually, I discovered some in this like super um, sketchy record store one day a couple months ago. And now I, I, I've, I've discovered that you can, I've become obsessed with hunting these down and, and it's led me to really sketchy record stores and the basements of those sketchy record stores. 
and even stranger Facebook groups and message boards like the web 1.0 message boards, like the original message boards. But this hyper-specific, like hyper-specific interest, something I share with maybe like only a dozen other people on the planet, mostly British dudes in their 60s, this hyper specific interest is a niche. It's a narrow, narrow niche. And it's fun to be a part of this. It's almost like a secret community. And that's the power of a niche. It's not really a sales tactic. It's something personal. It's it's like celebrating something really unique with other like-minded people. And I mean, that example is hyper-specific and also hyper-embarrassing. But in a lot of cases, a label who has a niche is something simple. Uh, and it's key to their success. Another great example we had on the show a few months ago was Hydration Records, a gospel label that does modern pop and Afro pop and lo-fi beats, but all doing it under, all doing those genres under the Christian gospel umbrella. And then there's labels who are even more niche down. Uh, there's a label called Waxwork Records, which specializes in soundtracks and film scores of cult and genre movies, but exclusively on vinyl. Conviction Records is a Scottish label for ex-convicts. This is a label who uses music as part of the rehabilitation process. Or some labels just have something unique about their origin story, like a label that started as a record store first or a label that started as a recording studio first. And there's lots of labels that we've had on the show who use a shared mission with their supporters, labels that aim to be carbon neutral, labels who aim to preserve the language of their culture, Labels who want to create a safe space for women and non-binary artists who have had negative experiences in the traditional music scene. I love how these unique characteristics of some of these labels, how their niche, whatever it is, makes their label sound more intriguing to me. It's, it's, it's a story. It's their story. And I want to learn more when I hear that intro about a label that has a specific niche. And I don't want you to stress. And I don't want to be like, oh, I don't have something. What is my thing? There are other examples of labels who have a niche, but sometimes a label has a community who is attracted to something about the label. And maybe the label themselves doesn't know exactly what that is or what to call it, but it's something that a group of fans love and identify about the aesthetic or sound or the people. Let's talk about, real quick, let's talk about the pros of, of having a niche. Number one is... It gives people a reason to check out your label. You become the label for that specification. You might repel some people, but for the right people, you're magnetic. And this helps you build an audience because niches have pre-existing audiences. Sometimes they're out there already congregating, waiting for you to show up. And other times it's subconscious. They just wish that a label existed that scratched their specific itch. And then you show up and happen to do that. The other thing that I love about labels is that it gives you parameters. What not to do is one of the biggest challenges for a record label. And a niche gives you guidelines, either sonically or aesthetically, or which type of artist to provide a platform for or not. You may think being broad is a bad idea, but it means you don't have an identity if you are have a wide range of everything. Think about when you want to get takeout. Do you do Italian, Indian, Chinese, Thai, Lebanese? No one really wants to try the restaurant that does all of those things, right? I mean, you, you probably shouldn't. Number three uh, pro of, uh, of having a niche is that it creates passion and purpose. 
niches allow us to have more fun with this. To it, it keeps us away from the people and projects that are stressful or outside of what we're passionate about, what we're good at. It it gives us an opportunity to meet people who share our passions, who love the same kind of music or have the same goals and ethics and ideals like this guy Marcelo who I met on a Genesis Facebook group. I'm getting really excited. I want to go and shop for some vinyl. And he sent me this private message when I when I mentioned bootlegs in the, in the in the group, and then he sends me this email with like a ten page PDF buy list of all the bootlegs he has for sale. Anyway, um, okay, so here's your action steps. Number one, you need to define your niche, and so let's go. Let's try to go four layers deep. Okay, don't stress about this. And 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 maybe if you're new, you haven't found that yet. That's okay. You can start broad, right? You can start you can start wide. And it'll happen naturally. Uh, maybe, maybe you want to start a record label uh, with a niche in mind. But let's let's try just as a fun exercise. Let's go four layers deep. So let's 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 say layer one. I'll give you an example. Layer one indie record label. Okay, that's that's just the broad, right? Remember, that's our broad audience. Uh, we're a record label. I mean, if, if we want to even go back to layer zero, it's record label, and then independent is is layer one. Layer two would be let's say. I'm just using an example here. Indie record label from Detroit, Michigan. Layer three. So that's, I mean, you can already fill in layer one and two, right? You're an indie record label. You're from wherever you are, if that's part of your identity. Layer three, indie lo-fi jazz record label with artists exclusively from Detroit, Michigan. So on layer three, we're indie record label, but we've now added a very specific genre, lo-fi jazz. And then... We are we are kind of doubling down on this Detroit, Michigan. That our artists are we're not just from Detroit, Michigan, but we are actually representing artists exclusively from Detroit, Michigan. And then layer four, let's go even further and say an indie lo-fi jazz record label featuring exclusively black artists, exclusively from Detroit, Michigan. So <clears throat> we're now narrowing even even further. And now just look at what we've done here for a second. Let's imagine that somebody is. Let's imagine that you are this independent lo-fi jazz record label from Detroit, Michigan. And if somebody says, do you know of any great record labels? Well, who's going to mention your label, right? You're, they're not going to mention your label. If they say, do you know any record labels from Detroit? Well, now it's narrowing and you're more likely to be included in that list of recommendations. But what if somebody says, do you know of any good lo-fi jazz record labels from Detroit? And all of a sudden, you might be that only answer to that question. So... This is what niches does for us is that it actually makes us, we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, it makes us a one of one. It eliminates any competition. And of course, we don't view other record labels as competitors per se, but in this example, it kind of does. It kind of eliminates everyone else when you get more narrowly focused. And so try it out. I mean, go four layers deep. This was just an illustration, but see how deep you can go. I'd love to know. Honestly, I'd love to know. And if and if it's for you, if it's just two or three, that's okay. And maybe you can't do any right now. Um, or maybe you have six or seven or eight. I think that's really cool. Your number two action step is to focus on your niche. Identifying your niche, which we've done, creating a, a, a specific customer who you know, you know, creating this avatar in your mind. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> who you know is uh, attracted to this niche or who, who, who is, who is like-minded. And then identify the specific online or physical locations where you can find these people um, and, and figuring out what it is about the niche 
that they love. So once we've identified, once we've defined our niche, then we need to kind of almost research it and research the people about it and really hone in on those people and where can we find them. And then number three is to own it. Just own your niche, become known for what you do, create exclusively for your niche. um, If that's the way you want to go, celebrate your niche. Uh, and declare it, declare it publicly on your your Twitter profiles, your Instagram profile, uh, on your webpage. I've seen labels do this when it's a label that operates similar to, uh, you know, a, a cause, uh, an organization with a cause. Then they'll say we are a label for, uh, and they'll list off, you know, whether it's a minority group or um, a, a certain group of people, or maybe for them it's just an aesthetic, or it's a sound, or it's a genre. Um, I think that's really cool. I think that's really cool. And, and I, I, as a music fan, I get really drawn and, and as a fan of record labels, I get really drawn to labels who have this story, who have a very clear identity. And when I chat with labels like you, uh, on clarity calls and, and, and in our community, I get really excited when I see labels who have an identity and I feel like I really need to help these labels who are getting started or, or who have been started and don't have an identity. And I'll be honest with you, when I started out my label 10 or 12 years ago, we were Americana. I mean, it was Canadian, so we called it Canadiana. And it, it, it was folk music. And, and we really stayed within those parameters. And our audience, and I mean, that was really trendy at the time, and our audience loved that. And, and then I just feel like we kind of started to, we lost that plot a little bit. And I, and I feel like I lost focus. And then everything was open to me. And that became a challenge for me. Let's just go back over real quick. Uh, The pros of having a niche is that it gives people a reason to check out your label. It gives you parameters as a leader, as a business owner, gives you parameters to know what to do, what not to do. And number three, it creates passion and purpose amongst you and your artists. And then of course, your tribe, your people who are passionate about the same thing. So I want you to define your niche. I want you to focus on your niche and I want you to own your niche. By the way, if you're American listening to this, you might be wondering, why am I not saying niche? And why am I saying niche like quiche? Well, I'm Canadian and I think it's only Americans who say niche. So I don't know that the, the, the true, I mean, I think they say niche like rich, but there's an E at the end. So I believe it's niche. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know what the correct answer is, but I'm going to keep saying niche. Uh, and, and Americans are going to keep saying niche. For whatever reason, they like to put a T in it. But I hope you found this helpful. I'll put all of this week's notes at otherrecordlabels.com slash niche. (laughs) Otherrecordlabels.com slash niche. N-I-C-H-E. Like quiche. How do you spell quiche? No, I don't know. Forget it. This is all, not all, but a lot of this is in our new book as well, Record Label Marketing Strategies, which you can get on Amazon now. And if you get our newsletters on Tuesdays, this will all be in that as well. Thank you so much for listening. Stay in touch. I'm going to go look for some illegal bootlegs.